Welcome to By the Fire. I'm your host, Dave Smale, and this is Captured. Chapter 4. The New Reality Raoul's department wasted no time sending him on temporary assigned duty, or TAD, to the galley, just as Chief Hask had predicted. The other strange term the chief had used, mess cranking, ended up being sailor speak for working in the galley. Raoul was expected to assist with food preparation, table cleaning, trash disposal, and any other menial task the galley staff could think of. He was told that it wasn't certain just how long he would be mess-cranking. It could be six months or a year, depending on the ship's schedule. In reality, he learned, it also depended on whether or not his department liked him and wanted him back. I ain't even met no one from my department, he thought. They might just forget about me down here. His supervisor, a skinny, dumpy-looking sailor with an oversized gut named Top, was a culinary specialist first class, or CS1. In other words, his job was to cook. Top made no bones about the fact that he despised TAD personnel. They were an abomination to his mess deck, since they came and went so often like a revolving door. He felt no guilt in treating them like scum, often reserving the most disgusting jobs, while giving the galley's permanent staff easy tasks and lots of time off. When Top met Raoul, his eyes immediately fell on the jailhouse tattoos that protruded above the neckline of his shirt. They as, huh? Yeah, I've seen your kind before, Top said, his voice cracking every few syllables. I'm telling you right now, I don't put up with troublemakers on my mess decks. One slip up, and I'll write you up and kick you out of my navy. Raoul's blood heated. Who did this guy think he was? He envisioned beating the man senseless. His fist clinched, and he subconsciously reached for his cuchillo. Realizing it wasn't there, snapped him back to reality. Unfortunately, Top observed all of it. What you gonna do? Take a swing at me? Yeah, go ahead. I'll get you thrown in the brig so fast, you'll think you're back home. This ain't the hood no more. You're about to find out, Top said. The man smiled wide, anticipating a swing from Raoul. Raoul fought to control his breathing, forcing himself to remember that he was trying to get away from his old lifestyle, even if people like his new supervisor wouldn't let him do so. He eventually unballed his fists and relaxed. Yeah, that's what I thought, Top said. I should write you up anyway, just for balling your fists at me. Now go report to the scullery. I don't ever want to see your face again. 
fuming, Raoul walked away and did as his new supervisor commanded. In a strange way, he missed his old lifestyle. The next few months were miserable. The ship transitioned from the Norfolk base to the shipyard, though Raoul hardly noticed. Working in the scullery meant washing trays, plates, cups, and silverware non-stop for hours at a time. Raoul found that most of his fellow TAD colleagues were complainers, just like the guys in boot camp, he recalled. It seemed like complaining was a prerequisite to being a sailor. He also noticed the ones who complained the most got in the most trouble. Knowing he couldn't get in trouble, he worked quietly, neither complaining nor even talking much. Being the new guy was awful. He worked insane hours, and his schedule was confusing. Two and a half days on, one and a half days off. His workday began at 4 a.m., and stretched to 10 p.m. for two days in a row. Then, from 4 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. the next day. Then, he'd be off for the rest of that day and all of the next one, and then repeat the cycle. Since the work was so grueling, most of Raoul's time off was spent resting. He didn't mesh well with his counterparts in the galley. His quiet, mysterious demeanor lent itself to someone with a checkered past who was obviously trying to hide something. His whiny co-workers angered him so badly he'd often find a bathroom stall, ball his fists, and punch himself in the legs to avoid fighting them. CS1 Top, who claimed he never wanted to see Raoul again before banishing him to the scullery, made it a point to walk by Raoul's workstation every day to send a derogatory comment or three. Raoul decided that the best way out of the military was to simply show up to work on time and wash dirty dishes, even if that's all he did for the next four years. He'd lost contact with his department, not that he'd ever met or talked to any of them besides Collins anyway. After all, he had been sent TAD right away. Though he still shared a berthing with them, he had to be awake long before they did. He didn't see the birthing again until well after lights out. Needless to say, he wasn't forming any relationships with his department, nor making friends in the galley. Then again, he wasn't really trying. If anything, he was contemplating something else. Raoul thought, if this is what life was like on the outside, he didn't want it. Furthermore, given his two choices prison or this life of quote-unquote freedom, he decided he wanted neither. The only benefit to the Navy versus jail was the paycheck. However, he never saw any of his money since he spent most of his time off sleeping. He had no car, no friends, and if things kept going like this, no future. His family didn't want him back. His fellow sailors hated him. Perhaps it would make 
his and everyone else's life better if he just ended his. He'd heard a story of a sailor that ended his life by jumping from the flight deck head first onto a floating trash barge. He knew there were at least two trash barges next to the ship. Perhaps, after work tomorrow, he'd follow suit. The next day, to his surprise, he was let off work early, but not by CS1 Top. The chief in charge of the galley, a much nicer individual he found, told Raoul that he'd noticed his hard work and let him go at 11 a.m., before the lunch rush began. Being given that small token made Raoul forget what he had planned for after work. Apparently, Top had been relieved of his duties for some unknown reason. Raoul went back to the birthing, head spinning from the news. He had no idea what to do with his free time. He had nowhere to go and nothing to occupy himself with. On his days off, he usually slept or sat in the birthing lounge and watched TV. He could go to the Navy Exchange. There was a small one just outside the shipyard, he'd heard. If he went there, he wouldn't be shopping. He didn't need anything. There was only so much loitering one can do. Not to mention the neighborhood outside the Portsmouth shipyard while nowhere near as rough as Pacoima, had its share of hoods. Raoul was sure he could handle himself, but he also didn't want to chance any altercations. Considering his options, Raoul decided he was in for a full day of sheer boredom. He entered the birthing and meandered to his rack, in no hurry to do anything. Seconds later, he heard footsteps coming down the ladder well, Normally, he'd have thought nothing of it, but there were many. It sounded like an army stampeding down the ladder. Seconds later, a group of men from his department burst through the door, followed by a few more, then more, and more until over 50 were now in the space. Raoul stood by his rack, wondering what in the world must be going on. Then he remembered he didn't usually get off work this early. Evidently, the air department was being let off early as well. The men who now crowded the birthing enthusiastically discussed what they'd be doing that night. Some spoke of going to bars, others to clubs, some to movies with their girlfriends, and some asked whether those girlfriends had any available friends. A few he'd overheard discussing a fishing trip. Raoul realized that Everything these men discussed were things he'd never done back in Pacoima. He'd never had the money to do anything entertaining, even when he was dealing drugs, which was nowhere near as lucrative as he'd been led to believe it would be. The majority of the crowd quickly gathered their belongings from their lockers and racks and left as quickly as they had entered, never noticing Raoul. Most didn't bother changing out of their uniforms. A few changed into stylish motorcycle helmets and padded jackets, which looked more like futuristic body armor. They, too, left without noticing him. The few that remained changed out of their uniforms into what Raoul could only describe 
as fashion disasters. Dreadful plaid shirts tucked into way too tight Wrangler jeans with dinner plate sized belt buckles. But that wasn't the bad part. If they'd donned cowboy hats and boots, that would have been normal. Instead, they topped off their ensembles with camouflage baseball caps decorated with fishing lures on the bills and bright orange and yellow running shoes. Then they strapped on ugly backpacks with enough zipper compartments to store supplies for a month. A strange hybrid of cowboy trout fishermen sprinters. What are they going to do? Chase down the fish and then lasso them? Raoul pictured himself walking up to them and making an official fashion arrest, but instead decided he'd wait for everyone to leave, then take a shower. Probably the most fun he'd have all night. A few minutes later, the birthing was cleared out, so Raoul grabbed his shower shoes and mesh bag full of toiletries. He came out refreshed, or at least as refreshed as one can be after showering in a place where you are required to wear shower shoes. He got into his lounge gear, oversized black basketball shorts, an extra, extra large white t-shirt, white socks that stretched to his knees, and black rubber sandals without toe posts. He was mentally preparing to do a lot of absolutely nothing when someone called his name. Hey, Diaz, what you doing, man? It was Collins. Raul was surprised to see him in the birthing being that the rest of his division had already came and went. Raoul gave Collins his customary upward head jerk motion, the universal gesture for what's up. Hey, Collins, what you doing here? We had a division meeting I had to stay back for. Came down here looking for Smitty. You seen him? I don't know no one named Smitty, Raoul replied. Uh, yeah, sorry. I meant M and Smith. Collins clarified. Don't know. Maybe. I don't know no one's name. But a bunch of dudes came through and left like 10, 15 minutes ago. You don't know no one's name? Oh, right, because you've been T.A.D., said Collins. Yeah. Man, I... Collins trailed off, sadness washing over his face. He realized... He'd failed Raoul as a sponsor. Since Collins was the first sailor Raoul had met aboard the ship, it made him his unofficial mentor. Collins basically showed Raoul where a few things were on the ship and then let Raoul figure everything else out on his own. He hadn't introduced him to anyone else or given him any advice or direction since the last time he'd seen Raoul, which was his face contorted two months ago. Guilt-stricken, Collins felt he ought to do something to make amends. "'What you doing tonight, man?' he asked Raoul. Raoul let out a small chuckle before responding. "'Nothing. TV. Sleep.' "'Man, it's Friday night, man. You ain't doing nothing?' "'Nah. I ain't got a car. Plus, I don't know no one.' "'Tell you what,' Collins paused thinking. If I take you to the mall, can you get back here? The mall? Raoul said, his face twisting. 
The thought of a shopping mall was so foreign to Raoul, he'd nearly forgotten what one was. There was a mall a few miles from where he'd lived in Pacoima, but he hadn't been to it since he was little. Gangsters who hung out at malls were chumps. But he was trying to put that life behind him. Perhaps Colin's suggestion wasn't so absurd. The more he considered it, the more he didn't see any harm in just getting off the ship for a while, whether it be at a mall or otherwise. And he was across the country from anyone who might recognize him. He agreed and put on some shoes. You've been listening to By the Fire, and I really hope you enjoyed what you heard. Why don't you let me know, one way or the other? Leave me a review on Apple or on Podchaser. Or you can send me an email, info at davesmail.com. Also, if you go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, you'll get a free novella, Safe House. I'll be back next week with another chapter of Captured. So until then, thanks again and God bless. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events, is purely coincidental.